Click, pay, and download instantly. Sign up for the newsletter so you never miss an update. Welcome to the podcast. Haven't you missed it? More layers for the cooler nights, patio lunches that turn into warm coffee, or bundling up to go out? Fall is finally here at the Forum, and we're changing with the season. So make a plan to stay a while just because you can. Sit fireside in style with cozy, comfy layers, or just take some time to get outside because fall is here again. Come see us at the Forum. Tonight, Michael Brown joins me here. He's the former FEMA director. Talk show host, Michael Brown. Brownie. Now. Brownie, you're doing a heck of a job. The Situation with Michael Brown. You're a political expert. On 630 KHOW, Denver's talk station. Welcome back to the situation, Michael Brown on 630K How. So I got a hodgepodge of things that I want to get through. Um, this is kind of a stew of topics for the next 30 minutes. And then your phone calls at 930. So get ready for that. You can text me, text the word Mike to 57739. Email me, Michael Brown at iHeartMedia.com. Follow me on Twitter at Michael Brown USA. And follow me on Instagram for a little peek inside my closet. Yeah. Peek inside my closet. That's at Michael D. Brown, at Michael D. Brown. Some of the text messages. Mike, no joke, just fired up the app on my PC, and the ad that that they show you before it opens was a My Little Pony Netflix ad. Angie, we've got to steal. We we need to take hostage Ryan's stupid little ponies. Yeah, okay, so you say that, but there needs to be some... Good planning when it comes to this. I'm just saying this as a planner. I just say you're so military. You have to. So, uh, you see, I'm just like let's just steal and then figure it out. I mean, you can do that, but if you want to do it right, you have to plan for it. And I, I have some stuff. It's um, you know, it's it's confidential. It's has a higher classification. You can't know about it just yet. I will let you know. It's on a need to. It's on a need to know basis, exactly. right? Okay. All right. Well, so as long as I know that. The planning group, which is comprised of you, yes. as long as I know the planning group is planning the ultimate hostage-taking of Ryan's stupid little ponies, then I'm fine. Yeah, and it's it's for your own good because you need some plausible deniability. Oh, you know, that's true. Thank you. See, I knew, I knew there was I, – I couldn't figure it out, but I knew there was some reason I wanted you back. I, I'll take – Whatever reason I can get, I guess that's as good as it's going to get. Uh, Mike, what percentage of questions does uh, Pisaki actually answer and really answer? 
She's a Teflon spokesperson. She deflects everything. Nothing sticks. Special place in Hades for her and others. By the way, they work for us. They owe us explanations and answers. We are not an inconvenience. Oh, yes, we are. We're such an inconvenience. You see, that's how you learn to just kind of live in this country now. You just get that. And this is a great jumping off point for the next topic I want to cover real quickly. If we would just learn, if all of you could just stop your damn critical thinking, if all of you would just stop reading that damn U.S. Constitution and the Bill of Rights and the Declaration of Independence, if you get all of that out of your head, life would be so much easier. You don't have to think for yourself. You don't have to work. You don't have to do anything. It's a utopia. We are on the verge of a utopia, and many of you in this audience are just resisting and fighting and clawing your way, keep trying to keep it from happening. What is wrong with you? Let me give you an example about what I mean. China, over the, I guess it was maybe a week or two ago, China decided that, you know, we got too many kids spending way too much time on video games. You know, they, they now have these group games. My grandson does this. He plays uh, a group video game with a friend of his that he knew in North Carolina and somebody else. I don't know. Now, I know he's not addicted because I, I kind of know what he does during the day. And he, he plays for a few hours every evening. Uh, but, you know, he's, he's in all these AP history, government, math, science classes and he's doing doing great. So you know what? It's it's, it's fine. But some apparently can't uh, can't control themselves. So in China, they're limiting it. Now I don't remember exactly the details. It's not important. The, the only detail we need to know is that the Chinese government, the Chinese Communist Party, has decided that kids can't play video games except for you know. One hour a day on, or you know, between six and nine p.m. on Saturdays and Sundays, or something. I don't, I, I don't know what it is. I don't care. The fact is, that's how much control the government has over individuals in China. That would never happen here, right? The local CBS affiliate, channel, uh, what would that be? The channel four, here in Denver did a story about this thing in China. And they decided to talk to an expert. An expert. How do you find that balance? China thinks it has the answer. The country is now limiting teenagers to three hours of online gaming per week. They can only play between 8 and 9 p.m. on Friday, Saturday, and Sunday nights. We took our questions about these draconian restrictions to experts in Colorado. We took these stories about these draconian efforts to Colorado experts. The first expert sent me, well, let's just say that um, my blood pressure was about to give me a stroke. This is what an expert in Colorado believes about this subject. Clinical psychologist Nicole Cross did her dis- A psychologist, Nicole Cross. That's, she lives in Colorado. Here's what she thinks. 
Colorado. Clinical psychologist Nicole Cross did her dissertation on online gaming addiction. We have endogenous chemicals that our brain releases when we're doing certain activities that are highly, highly rewarding. There are signs when someone is truly addicted to playing these games. It's um, withdrawal, tolerance, preoccupation, continuing use despite risks and despite losses. She says someone in that state wouldn't likely be able to set their own limits. Part of why I think that it it might be fair for a government to sort of have a say in this is because there are a lot of gaming companies who, in my personal opinion, and perhaps professional opinion, are not being very responsible about the ways that they structure their games. Unfreaking believable. It might be fair for a government to sort of have a say in this is because there. Um. No. No, 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 no. No. No, 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 no. Why, you know, why stop at gaming? Some people eat too many cheeseburgers. Some people eat too many french fries. Some producers drink too much crappy coffee. Some talk show hosts drink too much Diet Coke. Some of you sit on your ass and listen to talk radio. We can't have this anymore. We have all of these bad choices that we make. We need to start limiting choices in this country, and the government needs to do it because we can't control ourselves. And if we can't control ourselves, who better to do it than the government? You think this is some far-off thing that exists in some other... You think this is California kind of stuff? You think this is New York kind of... No, 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 no. This is Colorado stuff. This is right here in little old Colorado. It might be fair for a government to sort of have a say in this. No! How many times do I have to say no? Now, to, to CBS for in Denver. I will give them credit. They gave an imposing point of view. I didn't include it because you know what it is. It was, well, you know, I'm opposed to the government doing this because, well, it's the parents and the children's responsibility to limit their gaming activity. Well, hallelujah, at least there's somebody else. But what you need to understand is that these people live among us. They're not in some faraway land. They're not out all out in California. And I know California has, you know, pretty much bastardized this state. But they're, they're here. They live among us. And they believe that what we should do is that we should have the government make these decisions. It might be fair for a government to sort of have a say in this is because... It's because, well, the gaming companies are... Well, they make their games fun. They make their games attractive. And therefore, they make the games addictive. I heard that story, and I just wanted to scream. Now, let's talk about economics for a moment. There are no segues here. This is my basket full of stuff that I wanted to get through. So in the gigantic trillion, trillion, trillion dollar spending bill that the Democrats are going to try to cram through, 
Although Bernie Sanders is mad about something, so he's trying to get people to vote against the infrastructure bill. I love it. I love this infighting. But the bottom line is, even though they tell us that these new bills are not going to cost us anything, the, the $3.5 trillion and the $1.9 trillion, that has zero cost to it. So that's like if you make $1,500 a month and your mortgage is $1,500 a month, it doesn't cost you anything. It's zero. That's the way they do math in Washington, D.C. So we know that they're going to raise taxes on corporations because corporations are evil. And, we, and you and I know, because you and I understand economics, you and I know that when they raise taxes on the corporations, that's raising the taxes on the individuals that buy the goods and services from those corporations because corporations do not pay taxes. Well, I mean, they do write a check, but they get the money to pay those taxes from you and I when we go to Sam's or Costco or we go to the grocery store or we go to, you know, whatever store we go to and we buy something. Well, the cost of taxes, just like the cost of the utilities and the overhead and everything else is in the cost of that goods and services. Well, I thought that was true. I thought that was how it worked. But Jen Psaki, she came along and she taught me otherwise. I want to ask you about what Republicans are pointing to in the analysis from the Joint Committee on Taxation. Mm -hmm. They say, according to, if I've read the chart correctly, more than 16% of taxpayers would see their taxes increase. Oh, this goober reporter in the White House press pool says he saw a report that says that Taxes on individuals are going to go up 16% because of what I just explained, that corporations pass those costs on to the consumers. Under the, the, the bill that's approved by the House Ways and Means Committee, will the president sign that bill if, as it is, is coming out of that committee, or will he insist on the changes so that he will maintain his commitment that taxes won't go up on people making $400,000 a year? I have not looked at the... Uh, document or the report that you have put out, obviously the president's, or that you have referenced, I should say, that the Republicans put out, uh, obviously the president's commitment remains not raising taxes for anyone uh, making less than $400,000 a year. There are some, and I'm not sure if this is the case in this report, who argue that in the past, companies have passed on these costs to consumers. I'm not sure if that's the argument being made in this report. We feel that that's unfair and absurd, and the American people would not stand for that. But I will take a closer look at this report and get you a more substantive response. Go ahead, Jack. <laughs> we live in an Orwellian world. We truly live in an Orwellian world. You know, so, so if that report says that, you know, these corporations are going to pass those costs onto the consumers, well, that's, un that's immoral and that's unfair, and we're not going to stand for it. Do you know who she's talking to? She's talking to the dumbest among us. She, she sincere, either, either she is so warped in her mind that she's able to lie like that and it not phase her one bit, or she actually believes herself. I don't know which is scarier. She actually believes that if those corporations are going to raise the cost of goods and services, well, they're going to talk to them. They're not going to let that happen because that's immoral and that's unfair. Past companies have passed on these costs to consumers. I'm not sure if that's the argument being made in this report. We feel that that's unfair and absurd, and the American people would not stand for that. But I will take a closer look at this report and get you a more substantive response. Go ahead, Jackie. <laughs> the American people will not stand for it. Well, you know what? 
I kind of agree with her on that point. They won't stand for it because they won't know it. Oh, they'll bitch and moan about the fact that whatever they're buying, whatever good they're buying, whatever service they're buying, they're going to go home and it's going to be, Mildred's going to say to Henry, Henry, I went to the store today and I bought you your your prune juice. And your prune juice that was a buck ninety-five last week is now two dollars and fifty cents. I don't care if you're stove up anymore. You can just stay stove up because I'm not going to spend two dollars and fifty cents to get you your damn prune juice. Henry. Well, Mildred, you know, I was listening to that Michael Brown. That Michael Brown says that the that grocery store their taxes went up because of that Biden bill, and they they raised the price of my prune juice. So it's 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 Biden's fault, according to that Michael Brown, Mildred. Henry, you got to quit listening to that Michael Brown. He fills your brain full of a bunch of BS because corporations don't they they wouldn't do that to us. Why they wouldn't raise their prices because their taxes went up? That's not going to happen, Henry. You dumbass. Why don't you get off your lazy boy and why don't you go out and do something if you want prune juice? You just buy your own prune juice because I'm I'm not gonna pay two dollars and fifty cents when last week I paid a dollar ninety-five. You're just gonna remain constipated. Yeah, in fact, I'd like for you to remain constipated because maybe you'll just shut up and I won't have to listen to you anymore. Oh my god. I'm telling you, there are people among us who are going to be mad, and they're going to blame the corporations. Oh, yeah. Oh, that that damn corporation, they raised their prices. Well, why do you think they did? Because their taxes went up. That's why they did. Obama's finally going to build his library up in Chicago. His presidential library is going to get built. And And the environmentalists are really upset because you know what? It's going to hurt some birds. Obama's library is going to hurt some birds, and the environmental wackos are upset about it. So Obama's got a solution. Every single year, visitors who will eat, shop, explore, and spend money strengthening the South Side and making it an even more attractive place for businesses to grow and to hire. The center will also preserve and enhance all the things that make Jackson Park special. We'll reunify parkland plant new trees, provide new habitat for birds and wildlife. <laughs> Don't you miss him? Don't you miss that voice and that intonation and that inflection? Don't you miss all of that? But as Michelle noted, we are also going to open this park up to the community, oh. creating a community rec center, oh. another branch of the Chicago Public Library. Oh, my God, this is creating new spaces for folks from the South Side and all over the city to gather and to connect and to learn. This is hot, really hot. I'll close by saying that it feels natural for Michelle and me to want to give back to Chicago and to the South Side in particular. And we're going to take care of the birds. So all you environmental wackos coming after me, just shut up because we're going to take them. We're going to build new bird habitat. So they'll poop on you when you come in to see my library.
Purifier. Welcome back to the situation with Michael Brown on 630K. How glad to have you with me. 303-713-8255 is the phone number if you want to chat. It's Ask Michael Anything, as we do every day at, uh, well, at approximately 933 to be exact. 303, Angie, apparently nobody wants to talk to me. I can totally agree with them. <sighs> I mean. Do you know the phone number here? It's uh, it's uh, 303. Yeah. Right? Uh, 713. Yeah. And I think you spell out talk. Talk. So if you look at the old phones, you can spell out. No, you can do it on cell phones, too. So Yeah. Maldred, at Michael Brown's taking phone calls right now. The last four numbers are talk. So would you hand me my, my big-ass phone that's got the giant numbers on it so I can call him and talk to him? I want to talk to that SOB because you know what? He's been lying to us all day long, Mildred. He's been lying to us. Well, Henry? You know he's one of those damn conservatives. You know he, you know he's a you know he worked for George Bush. Yeah, you know he, he worked for that George Bush. So you know he's a big ass liar. In fact, I've seen pictures of him. Could I I go to his Instagram account? You ought you ought to go over there and look at his Instagram account at Michael D Brown. Oh man, he's got some stupid ass pictures on there. That guy, Henry, I can't believe you even listened to him. I don't know what's wrong with you. Yeah, why don't you call him? He just that 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 little that little uh, army girl that works for him, you know that little weakling army girl. She just gave the phone number out and she said it was three zero three seven one three eight two five five. So why don't you give him a call? Can't believe I'm sitting here begging for callers. I got stuff to talk about. I got stuff to talk about. I've been talking for I don't know how long, and now you 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 guys won't even good grief. Like what's wrong? Oh, I got one here. I don't have the name. Angie, just give it to me. Just let me take it. Let me take it, Angie. Come on, just give it to me. Come on. Let me, let me, let me, let me. Oh, she's so close, but she won't let me go. I'm telling you, she's such a... You know what? Life used to be good. Life used to be so good. Then Henry and Mildred came back. I don't know. Senator Blumenthal, who is a Democrat, a Democrat, and uh, lied about serving in Vietnam. There really was no clarity, and with all due respect to the Secretary of Defense, he provided no real responses to my questions because at the moment there aren't responses. There is nobody in charge, and undeniably, and he knows, and so does every member of that panel, there's a moral imperative here. There are tens of thousands of Afghan allies, the former interpreters and translators, guards, security officials who went into combat with our troops. They protected our diplomats. They put themselves and their families at risk, and now they have targets on their back. They're at risk of murder and torture. They're in hiding. Isn't it fascinating? The Democrats, even the Democrats, are going after them. Let's go talk to uh, Judy up in Boulder. Judy, you're on with Michael Brown. What you got? Judy, Judy, Judy. How are you? Yes, that is me. So I just wanted to make a comment on the um, thing you were talking about, about the Chinese government limiting the amount of uh, gaming and screen time for kids. So um, I'm a physician here in Colorado, and the main thing that we get concerned about with children as well that's very unhealthy is their diet, their lack of exercise, their sleep hours. So if the government is going to step in and tell parents how to, or potentially how to, you know, 
limit game time, then they should also step in and say, all right, your kids have to eat this and they have to exercise this much. And I mean, it just, it's really a slippery slope. And so it's very scary, honestly, to think that uh, we would even consider taking those rights away from parents in the way that they raise their children in a healthy way. Amen. Did I hear you say you were, you're a physician? Yes. What, what, what do you practice? What do you do? Uh, isn't it funny? I, I, I love that word. Like, what do you practice? <laughs> yes, I practice because we still make mistakes as physicians, but yes, we <laughs> practice. So I am in uh, family medicine and um, anti-aging and regenerative medicine. Oh, Broad that's, what, that, that's yes. what one of my doctors does, too. Yep. Yeah. Yep. And he's got yeah. me on all these regimens that are, um, what, how, how do you, I forget how you say it. So chronologically, I'm a certain age, but biologically, right. I'm actually 12 years younger than what my chronological age is. Yep, that's exactly right. I have that's zero. Amazing. I, do you know how much calcium buildup I have in my arteries and my carotid and all of that? Do you know what my score is? Hopefully very low if he's doing a good job or she. Zero. Perfect. Zero. Can you believe that? Yep, that's oh. that's. What the way medicine should be, and so you know so. what that, and you know what that means, and I know you'll one hundred percent agree with me. What that means is that now I can go to lunch and I have, I can have a greasy cheeseburger and a double order French fries, right? <laughs> it's all about balance. <laughs> ba- oh, you know now you sound now you sound like Tamara. You sound like Tamara's mother. It, balance and moderation and everything. <laughs> yeah. Well, I'll tell you something really scary too, though, is that. In our field, the anti-aging regenerative medicine, the FDA is actually trying to um, regulate what we can do that actually yeah. helps people. I've heard that because, yeah, because, you know, and I'm sure you do. I, I, I'm not sure, but I imagine that you do. Like you prescribe certain things that are off-label. Like it's it's for one thing, but you're using it for something else because it actually has a beneficial effect sure. in a different area. And my doctor is, is constantly complaining about, you know, the FDA or the Colorado Board of License, Licensure or whatever. They're always griping about that kind of stuff. And I'm like, you know what? Yes. Leave my doctors alone. Leave them alone. Thank you. Yeah. Oh, tries me our now. job that we got trained for. Yeah. <laughs> Bingo. Bingo. Judy, thanks for the call. I really appreciate it. Thanks for, thanks for listening, too. And you know what? I'm not lying. I got a zero score. Zero. Jim up in Boulder. Man, we got calls from Boulder today. Jim, you're on with Michael Brown. What you got? You're really resonating with the the Boulder community, I guess, now, Michael. I'm not sure if that's that's a good thing for your career or not. (laughs) I know. That's scary, isn't it? (laughs) Yeah. I I had a situation recently with a a middle school kid who found some inappropriate materials in her kid's classroom, or in her classroom. It was completely off topic from what the teacher was teaching sexually inappropriate, brought it to the attention of the school board. And it's been dealt with, but it raised a question, and that is right now across the region, and certainly in Boulder Valley School District, parents are not allowed in the classrooms or even in the schools as volunteers or anything because of the the supposed COVID risk. The lack of oversight is obviously creating opportunity for teachers who might be a little creepy to, to slide things into their classroom or do things that otherwise a parent would throw a flag on the field in a second. I'm curious. Question, okay, go ahead. Your question. I was going to say, just with that background, 
my question to you there in Denver, and I think some of the same stuff probably applies elsewhere, when you've got a guy like Tay Anderson on the school board <laughs> whose independent investigation has shown he's a sexual creep yeah. and, and flirting with kids, and parents aren't allowed in the classroom, but somebody like that is, what, what's your take on, on the risk to the integrity and protection of kids in school and the learning environment and the quality of education kids are getting oh, I th- behind I th- this look, COVID I, th- I think the risk is astronomical. So now let me ask you a question, because I've, I talked about this, but it's probably been a couple of weeks ago, so you may, may not have heard it, because you don't listen all the time like you're supposed to. I'm just kidding. I, th- I threw out the idea of let's put, let's put cameras in the classroom so that we can, if, if you know, you'd have to have, you know, a certain username and a password and everything else so that I couldn't log in and watch. But as a parent, as a registered parent, I could log into my students, to, to my child's class, and I could watch. No interaction, but I could watch and listen to everything being taught in that classroom. Plus, you could watch the interaction, the physical interaction between the teacher and the child. And I'm not intimating that the teacher is doing anything inappropriate, but does the teacher have control of the classroom? Is the classroom well-behaved? Is it a, is it a zoo? I think cameras in classrooms are a phenomenal idea. Now, I know there's probably unintended consequences that I haven't thought about, but can you imagine in your situation, okay, then I'm going to turn on and I'm going to watch my daughters in this history class or government class, and I'm going to listen to, I'm going to, listen to the lesson. Well, you just you made one minor factual error there, which is they don't teach government anymore in school. Yeah, okay, so, true. Yeah, there's, no, yeah. there's no civic yeah, right. history is in quotes. Yeah, you're right. This was a language arts class, but that's a whole other issue. You bring up a great point on the cameras. When I take my dog to the kennel, yeah. to stay if you I'm can watch. I know. You can watch your dog. I get dog. a <laughs> and I get a link. So that I could see what my dog is. Up. I know, but by damn, we can't let you. We can't let you watch your own your own offspring. We're not going to have that. I got to take a break, no, Jim. But you're exact. You are exactly right. I, great call. Just because we get around. Hope I die before I get old. Welcome back to the situation with Michael Brandle, 630K. How your phone calls, ask Michael anything. We just, we take them in order. We just take them in order that they come in. So, well, I just wanted you to know that. Let's go to Frank. Uh, I'm not sure. It says Christian, comma, okay. I don't know of a Christian Oklahoma or if it's okay that you're a Christian, but Frank, what you got? Uh, Cushing, Oklahoma. Cushing. I know exactly where Cushing is. The largest, yeah. the largest storage facility in the country for oil and natural gas. We got it all. You got it all right there. So, <laughs> yeah. when, the chi- so when the Chinese decide to bomb, they're going to bomb you, Frank. We're number one. <laughs> hey, Mike. Uh, what's uh, Who put up that big brontosaurus there at Boys City, Oklahoma? I don't know. I don't know. Yeah. You know, you know why nice it's. Do you, do you know why it's there? 
So for people, no, uh-uh. for people who are wondering, Boise City, Oklahoma is is like the last little town as you're driving west out of the Oklahoma Panhandle into Colorado or New Mexico, and outside Boise City, Oklahoma is the highest uh, plateau in the state. It's like it's four thousand some feet. I forget what it is, but it's it's higher than yeah, it's like higher than you know Cushing, obviously. But in Black Mesa. Yeah, in Black Mesa, there are all of these um, dinosaur tracks that have been preserved because it, it's fascinating. It's a great archaeological site with all these dinosaurs. So that's kind of why there, there's a dinosaur in Boy City, Oklahoma. You know what else is interesting about Boy City, Oklahoma? Do you know this? It was accidentally bombed by the oh, United yeah. States Air Force in World War II. Yeah. <laughs> That's great. Yeah. They, they make some good jerky there too. I think it's panhandle jerky or oh, I don't know. Uh, I don't know about that. Yeah, it's pretty good. <laughs> nice stopover. <laughs> Wait a minute. Wait a minute. I think anybody driving through Boy City, with all due respect to Boy City, would not think of it as a nice stopover. <laughs> <laughs> let, let me let me describe Boy City to you. It's it's this little bitty town in the middle of nowhere. I mean, literally, it's it's. Now, don't get me wrong. It, in its own way, it's beautiful. It, uh, you can see for miles and miles. I mean, you can see for miles and miles. And the courthouse is right in the center of town. And you can, it's, it's like you, you drive around the courthouse, and you can either go to New Mexico, to Oklahoma, or stay in Oklahoma, or you can go to Colorado. That's, that's what you need to know about Boy City, Oklahoma. Dan, up in Wyoming, we've got, we got listeners all over the place. Yuma, Arizona. Cushing, Oklahoma, and now Wyoming. Dan, what you got? Yeah, just a long-time listener. I remember hearing you when you were doing a weekend show. Oh, my gosh. You've been, my, you've my, been there my, from the beginning. Yeah. My first thought was, who, who is this goober on the, on, the, on the radio here? And it's like, oh, that's Brownie. <laughs> yeah. I, uh, so, you just, do know, I just, so you do I, know me, because, you know, if you know me, I am a goober. Yes, exactly. No, I've been listening to you quite a while. Um, I'm a truck driver. I used to run out of Cheyenne a lot and then out of Denver. And now I'm back over the road mostly. But and of course, of course, now I'm listening to you on the on the iHeart app. But uh, great, pro- great really promo am, right there. Listening to me on the I truck really, driver, listening to me on the iHeart Radio app. Yeah, and I hear I listen to you all over the country. So Whoa, I love you it. are. I love it. Well, you are an important part of my afternoons, and now you're an important part of my mornings. So, bingo. You know, I'm I'm happy to hear you on four and four hours, and I'll have to give you this one too. Okay, Rush, you know, God rest his soul, was my favorite talk show host. You worked your way up, and now you you are my favorite. Angie, mark the tape. This is the promo <laughs> for the week right here. Will not mark the tape. Mark the tape. That's an order. Can I, can that I, is an order you from your superior. Give me orders. I'm the general. You're the private. You don't have a star. <laughs> I got. I got star. I got stars everywhere. <laughs> oh, I got. Yeah. One other comment I wanted to make too is uh, my wife grew up in Hugoton, Kansas. I know exactly where Hugoton, Kansas is. Just up, just up the road from yeah. So yeah, and I know. I know where you grew up, and um, I kind of wonder if maybe. That you you and your wife and her may not have crossed paths at some point in time. 
She graduated in 1971. What was her last name at the time? Uh, Nance. Nance. I knew some Nances. Yeah. What was her first name? Do you mind? Donna. Donna Nance. I'll ask Tamara. 71, okay. that would have been closer to, she, Tamara was closer to that class than I was. Okay. But I'll, I'll ask her. I'll, I'll ask her. You know what's interesting about well, Hugh? Do you know what's inter- interesting about Hugoton, Kansas? I got a piece of mail yesterday from a doctor that lives in Hugoton, Kansas, that listens, and I've got to, I think he's, I think he put his email address in there. I've got to see if he knew Tamara's dad. Huh, that's interesting. Isn't that, it's, it's just amazing. It's a small world, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, I mean, it's, it's no longer six degrees of separation. It's like three degrees of separation. So, yeah. so what was her first name? Yeah. I got I to gotta plant this in my brain. Last name was Nance. Yeah. First name was? Donna. Donna. Donna Nance. Dan, I'll find out. I'll find out. Hey, let's get to Chuck up. Chuck in Yuma, Arizona. My God, we've got all over the country. Chuck, you're on with Michael Brown. What you got? Hey, hey thank God for iHeartRadio, right? Bingo, exactly. <laughs> hey, uh, you're talking about the government uh, slowly trying to control our lives here with Allowing kids to play or whatever. They've been doing it forever, man. They, they control how much soda you can buy or how much sugar is in the soda now. And uh, candy machines out of the schools. And Michelle's lunch program. Oh, remember Michelle's? I'd forgotten about Michelle's lunch program. You are exactly right, Chuck. They, they, control, they try to control everything, and they do it in subtle ways that we either don't pay attention to or we forget. Thanks for listening, gang. We'll be back tomorrow morning, same bat time, same bat channel. If you enjoyed today's show, please head over to iTunes, give us a rating, and leave a review. Live from a basement in Dubuque, Iowa. I'll bet you 20 bucks I can get you gambling before the end of the day. 30 minutes from the Field of Dreams and four hours from the closest professional sports team. It's not a lie if you believe it. On the banks of the Mississippi River. I'm funny how? I mean, funny like I'm a clown. I mean, you? It's the Degenerate Sports Betting Show with Matthew Friedman. That's what I do. I drink and I know things. And now your host, Matthew Friedman. Hello, everyone. I'm Matt Friedman, Matt F. The Oracle. Welcome to the Degenerate Sports Betting Show, brought to you by Best TV and sponsored by the FTN Network, where you can get all the season-long and daily fantasy and sports betting content your degenerate heart desires, including my fantasy football write-ups and all of my NFL sides, totals, and player props. Use the highly original promo code FRIEDMAN for 20% off at FTN. That is FRIEDMAN for 20% off at FTN. Also, thank you for checking out our new show. Please subscribe to the Bets TV channel on YouTube and rate, review, and subscribe to the show on your favorite podcast app. All right, it is Wednesday. We are now in the thick of the NFL season, week four. No more looking back. We're looking ahead to this week's coming action. Producer Tom, 
Thomas Viola, my sidekick on the controls, connoisseur pasta, long-suffering Jets fan, Tom. You live in Las Vegas, so for this episode, we're going to run through the five games that are getting the most action, the games that betters are flocking to the most for this upcoming slate of games. We are setting aside, of course, Thursday night football and Monday night football. We cover those individually on other shows. So let's look only at the games on Sunday. Tom, what game are we starting with? That is right. We're going to start with Tampa Bay versus New England. And one of the big indicators with early action is that the, you're going to see a lot of line movement. These are games where you can get a lot of closing line value. Tampa Bay opened at minus five and a half. So if you were on that side, you were in a good position because the line has moved all the way to six and a half, seven. Hope you bet it early if you like Tampa in the Tom Brady revenge game total of 49. Yes, uh, this was one of the early bets. I made on Sunday night, put it in the FTM bet tracker at five and a half. As Tom mentioned, it is now six and a half, seven across the industry. Uh, I, I love this bet. This is a hashtag revenge game for Tom Brady. His first ever revenge game, by the way. Uh, and not just for Brady, also for tight end Rob Gronkowski. I mean, I don't tend to go the narrative route, but there is no way. There is absolutely no way that they do not do everything on their earthly power to dominate this game in New England. The Patriots defense, it looks good on paper. It's number three in the league with 4.6 adjusted yards per attempt allowed and number seven with 4.7 yards allowed per play. But those numbers, I don't think they're really representative of the talent or I don't want to say diminished talent, but we'll just say the skill level that the Patriots have because they have had a toilet paper soft schedule regarding quarterbacks. They faced Tua Tagovailoa in week one, Zach Wilson in week two, and Jameis Winston in week three. All of those guys are outside the top 20 in quarterback adjusted yards per attempt. The Bucks are number one in the league with 34.3 points per game and 141 pass attempts overall. I think the Bucks are going to test the Patriots relentlessly in the passing game at all levels of the field. And on, on offense, I mean... The Patriots, they are very underwhelming. They're number 27 with 4.8 yards per play. And rookie quarterback Mac Jones is number 29 with a 5.4 adjusted yards per attempt. Now, ideally, the Patriots would be able to run the ball to protect, you know, quote-unquote protect their young quarterback. But last year, the Bucs were number one in the league in run defense. This year, they're number three. The Patriots are not going to be able to run against the Bucs. And I doubt that they're going to be able to throw on them. The Bucs are without significant pass game defenders. Edge rusher Jason Pierre-Paul is out. He has the hand-shoulder injuries. And they're missing two cornerbacks, Jamel Dean, Sean Murphy-Bunting. They are all likely to be out. Even so, I still don't see Jones doing anything more than the dinking and dunking that we've seen for the first three weeks of the season. Now, looking at kind of some, some trends here. Since 2003, Patriots head coach Bill Belichick is 169 113 and nine against the spread, but he is just 20 and 18 against the spread without Brady. This year, he's one and two against the spread, and he's 0 and two against the spread when he's not facing a rookie quarterback named Zach Wilson. As for Brady and the Bucks, they are one and two against the spread this year, but they are seven and four against the spread since their week 13 bye last year when they really turned their season around. Again, it's just hard to imagine. Brady and company not smashing in this spot. I am betting still on the Buccaneers at six and a half 
I mean, you know, if you didn't get it at five, the five and a half, it's fine. I think you can still bet it at six and a half. Also worth mentioning the Buccaneers over the Buccaneers to the over in the last five games is a favorite five and oh. So they like putting up points. I really wish I tried to find Tom Brady's ATS record coming off a loss because he is going to be. Did you see him last week? He's going to be angry going into this game, Matt. Yeah, that's that's also a very good point. I didn't uh, I didn't look that up. I should I should have included I, that. It's I, it's very I, I, good. I will tell I, you, it is very good. Yeah, I, I tried to find good. it. I did not have any luck. Yeah. Number let's two. About, let's talk about the total. Let's talk about the total indeed, because the total sitting at 49 right now hasn't had too much movement. Yeah. So I bet this uh, Sunday night, 49 and a half. Eh, it's down to 49, which whatever. I'm not thrilled that this line has moved against me a little bit, especially since the Patriots are one of the teams that are 3-0 and to the under, uh, the teams that we highlighted on yesterday's Degenerate Sports Betting Show. Uh, they have a good defense and a you know kind of mediocre offense. So that tends to drive their games to the under. But the Bucks, they are a strong over team. With head coach Bruce Arians, they are 26-13 and 13 to the over since 2019. And specifically this year, they are 3-0 and to the over. I don't see Brady taking his foot off the gas. And I see the Patriots pulling off just enough like misdirection, trick plays. We can't let Tom beat us trickery on offense to help the Bucks drive this total to the over. So... I'm going over 49, 49 and a half, wherever it is that you find this line. Next up on the docket, game number two, Tennessee versus the New York football Jets. Opened at seven and a half. We're already seeing some eights pretty much staying consistently where it is. People are obviously betting on the Titans to cover in this spot. Total open at 46 is adjusted down to 45 and a half. The under is 4-0 in the Jets' last four after a straight-up loss, but the over is 7-1 and in the Titans' last eight road games. They've been a very good over team, especially this season. They're 2-1 and ATS, the, but the Jets, 0-3 ATS. Yeah, not, not great. Sorry. Sorry, Tom. Not great for your Jets. Um, I bet this on Sunday night, per usual. Uh, I grabbed it at minus 6.5. It's now minus seven and a half across the industry. And I think this highlights uh, a couple of things. One, there's a lot of value in betting early. Two, uh, check out the FTM bet tracker where uh, I'm, I'm putting all of my stuff. Uh, and then three, these jets are really bad. We should expect to see lines moving against them. Um, at seven and a half, I'm probably not going to bet this uh, I'm fine with the position at six and a half, but I do like the Titans in this matchup. If I had to bet it now, I would still lean towards the Titans uh, for you know one very simple reason. The Jets are horrendous on offense. They rank number 32 in the league, which is 6.7 points per game and uh, 0.57 points per drive. They're bottom five in time, plays, and yards per drive. They're number 30 with 4.1 yards per play and seven turnovers. They, I mean, they're just, they're bad. They're, they are very, very bad. They're better on defense. They rank number 22 with 5.4 yards per play allowed, but they're still not good on that side of the ball. The Jets are the only team in the league with an 0-3 record against the spread as underdogs this year, even though dogs have been dominant. They are just straight up a team to bet against. Now, the Titans, yes, the Titans are bad on defense. They rank number 26 with 6.1 yards 
allowed per play. And on offense, it seems likely that they will be without wide receiver A.J. Brown, who has the hamstring issue. But they still have running back Derrick Henry, and the Titans are number six with 4.8 yards per carry and number two with 99 carries on the year. I just expect them to run all over the Jets, who have allowed over 100 yards rushing in each game this year. So I bet it at six and a half. I'm still leaning towards the Titans at seven and a half. And how about the total for this one? Because this one feels a little more like a bit of an enigma to me because you've got two bad, you've got a bad offense and a bad defense, but where does it, where does it put you in the end? <sighs> so this total, uh, the, the Titans overs, I first bet this on Sunday night at 47 and a half. And today it's 45 and a half across the market. Uh, I hate it. This is the second straight week that I bet a Titans over early only to see the market move against me and my, you know, quote unquote process of humility dictates that I pass on this line at the better number of 45 and a half since I kind of have to assume that the market knows more than I do and that I'm probably on the wrong side of this bet. At a minimum, I should have anticipated that this number would move down since the Jets are one of the teams that are three and zero to the under this year. They have a horrible offense and a sufficient defense, and that's the kind of dynamic that tends to drive games to the under. Here's what I was originally thinking when I bet on this game. We have two bad defenses facing each other, so the over might be the sharper side. The Titans are 23-9-1 to the over with quarterback Ryan Tannehill, so they can probably cover more than their fair share of the total for this game. And against the defense as bad as the one that the Titans have, you would think that maybe we see some positive regression for the Jets. Maybe their offense is just a little bit better and collectively they could drive the game to the over. In my heart, I still lean over, but I'm not betting it now. And honestly, I wish I had not bet it on Sunday, just as that was the case last week. And I bet the over, the line moved down, and they fell well short of hitting the over. I could see that happening again. So I, I have a position on it, but at this point I'm staying away and I'm not betting it at the better, the better number. Yeah, it could be a win some, lose some situation, but I do wish you the best of luck on it, of course. The third game on the list, this one, this this will be interesting. Kansas City versus Philly. And I don't quite know what to make of this Philly team anymore, but the line opened to KC five and a half. It has moved swiftly to seven, seven and a half in some places. The total opened at 55, moved down slightly to 54 and a half, but the Chiefs, they cannot cover. And this actually goes back to last season, Matt. They're 0-4 ATS in their last four as a favorite. 0-5 in their last five ATS versus a team with a losing record. And just 2-12 and against the spread in their last 14 games overall. They're 0-3 ATS this season. The over, of course, is 2-1 and in their games. The Eagles, 1-2 and against the spread with the under. Just like better at 2-1. to All right. This is a game that I am staying away from. And I mean, this is, uh, this is painful for me because I've bet on the chiefs against the spread each of the past three weeks and I've lost. 
And then now I decide that this is the one I'm staying away from, not betting it early on Sunday night. And then, of course, now there's significant line value. <sighs> Whatever. Whatever. It's annoying. I'm definitely not bitter. Uh, we talked about both of these teams on yesterday's show. The Chiefs, they've fallen out of the top three in our power rankings. And I think that's deserved. The offense is still good. They're number four in the league with 6.6 yards per play. I'm not really all that worried about the offense. They have been incredibly careless with the ball. They're number 29 in the league with six turnovers committed. But that turnover situation, it's likely to stabilize at some point. It's bothersome that this offense that is very good is playing so poorly temporarily. We have to assume that's going to improve. The real problem, the real problem is this defense. It's number 32 in the league with seven yards allowed per play. Right, that dynamic of good offense, horrible defense, that can allow underdogs to cover. And that's what we've seen. You know, good teams win, great teams cover. The Chiefs are one and two straight up, 0 and three against the spread. They don't look like a great team right now. As for the Eagles, they are top eight on offense and defense in yards per drive. Quarterback Jalen Hurts, I think he's the type of player sort of like Lamar Jackson, but to a lesser degree. But the type of player who can create late in a game, and who can just make plays, extend drives, turn the defense into chaos, and as a result, drive the Eagles to cover. So I know that the Eagles just lost to the Cowboys by 20 points on Monday Night Football. That doesn't bode well for them. They have one less day to rest and to prepare. And the Chiefs are coming off two straight losses. So you have to imagine that they are going to be more motivated and focused. All of those things point me towards the Chiefs on top of the line movement we've already seen. But this idea of Jalen Hurts is a guy who can just run for 30 yards on any given play and then help the team get the back to recover that just makes me a little too nervous. So for me, on the spread, this is a stay away. And what about the total in this one? Because that, I feel like you, you've got a couple rough defenses here. I feel like the over might be the move, right? Yeah, I lean towards the over. I haven't bet it. I probably won't, but I lean towards the over. The Chiefs, I mean, they can certainly put up points. And both of these defenses, Tom, as you said, I mean, they're, they're not good, right? Especially the Chiefs defense. It was seemingly built to allow points. But 54 and a half is a really high number. And if the Chiefs defense improves just a little bit, or if the Eagles defense plays to some of its underlying numbers, then I can see how the under hits. So I lean to the over, but I'm still staying away. Next game up, Detroit versus Chicago. Opened Bears three and a half has moved to Bears three. So we're actually getting some Lions money in this one. Total has moved from 44 all the way down to 42. Who are you looking at on the side? The Lions, two, both teams, two and one against the spread. And by the way, the over six and one in Lions last seven divisional games, four and oh in the Bears last four. So defense goes out the window in these matchups. So, Tom, there was uh, a hot minute. And I say hot minute, I mean maybe a four to five minute period on DraftKings on Sunday night where this line was plus six. And that's where I bet it. 
that's where I put it in the bet tracker. But very quickly on Sunday at DraftKings, it moved to three and a half to to match the line across the industry. And as of today, it's at plus three, where I probably would not bet it. But I do like the Lions in this matchup. If I had to lean in a direction, it would be towards the Lions. Uh, the Bears are one of the winless against the spread underdogs we talked about on yesterday's Degenerate Sports Betting Show. Uh, last week in Justin Fields' first NFL start, uh, horrible. The Bears had just one net yard passing because of all the sack yardage they forfeited. On offense, the Bears were easily dead last in the league with 3.3 yards per play and 19.8 yards per drive. They're number 31 with 1.4 points per drive, 13.3 points per game. They're just bad. And the defense, it's not bad. It's mediocre, right? It's number 16 with 5.7 yards per play allowed. Number 17 with 33.9 yards per drive allowed. But, I, I mean, who really cares about the Bears? They uh, they just look so bad. The Lions are 0-3 straight up, but they've been competitive or covered against the 49ers, the Packers, and the Ravens. All of those teams are top 12 in our power rankings. Like, the Lions are a gritty team, right? The Bears are a team that looks like they have no idea what they are doing from the top down, right? Head coach Matt Nagy, he is 12-23-1 against the spread in the post-hype era that followed his 2018 debut season in Chicago. The Bears are just absolutely a team to bet against, and the Lions are a team that has, I mean, proven themselves to be uh, much more competitive than we would have expected. They're not a good team, but they are a try-hard team, and the Bears just look like a team that does not care right now. So if I were to lean in a direction, again, not betting it at this number, but if I'm leaning in a direction, it's clearly the Lions. Now, how about the total in this one currently hanging at 42 and a half? Yeah. So, you know, for people who are interested in it, <clears throat> I think the under, uh, I haven't bet it. I probably won't. We have two bad teams playing in a divisional game. In those circumstances, uh, I think almost all bets are off, right? I could see both teams scoring uh, because the defenses are bad. I could see both teams running the ball to keep the game close and being rather inefficient on offense. I could see either one happening. I think the real X factor is the Bears offense and what happens with Fields at quarterback in his second NFL start, assuming he he even starts, right? We've seen just one start of him. Um, I felt comfortable taking the side at the Rogue plus six that was out there because I can see the lines covering that almost regardless of whatever the Bears do with Justin Fields. But for the total... This just feels much more contingent on fields and the offensive efficiency of the Bears. And I I don't believe I have a good read on that. So if I were to lean in a direction, it would probably be under, but I'm staying away. And the last game on our board here, Matt, Baltimore versus Denver. Opened at Denver plus one, has moved all the way to Denver minus one. And the under four and one in the Ravens' last five road games. Broncos four and zero against the spread in their last four. Three and zero, of course, on the season, and they've played each one of their games to the under. Ravens just one and two ATS. Uh, where are you going in this one? 
All right, well, first of all, that was interesting. You disembodied, disembodied Tom there. Forgot to turn the camera. I was wondering if something happened with your camera. Uh, okay. So, yeah. All right. So, um, for this game, man, uh, I, I have liked the Ravens for a long time uh, in the Lamar Jackson era. And specifically, I have loved betting them on the road. Um, and as road underdogs, I mean, absolutely fantastic but uh i have to go against them in this spot i first bet this on sunday night at plus one and a half for the broncos now the line has moved i would still bet it at minus two and a half for the broncos now several sharp bettors i know are on the ravens and that really makes me a little bit nervous especially again because lamar jackson he's 14 and 8 against the spread on the road four and one against the spread as a road dog, but I do not believe that these Ravens are really the same team that they were last year and the year before that Jackson. He's still playing well. The offense is still a top unit ranks number four with 6.6 yards per play, but the defense has lost players to injuries. And I think it's now a diminished version of itself. That defense ranks number 27 in the league with 6.2 yards per play allowed. That's not the kind of thing that we saw out of this team in previous seasons. The Ravens are one and two against the spread. They lost outright to the Raiders in week one, and they were fortunate to beat the Chiefs and the Lions in the final minutes of weeks two and three. If things go just a little bit differently, we are looking at a team that is not just 0-3 straight up, but also 0-3 against the spread. Now in the Broncos, they face an opponent who is 3-0 and against the spread and is covered by an average of 10.2 points per game. The Broncos this year have really made a habit of getting ahead and then just burying their opponents. They have won every game this year by at least 10 points. Now, granted, it's been an easier schedule, but they've covered. Not just covered, like tremendously covered. So this is a Broncos team, even with the schedule, that has outperformed expectations if the Ravens fall behind in this game I doubt that the Broncos will let them come back even without their three best running backs the Ravens are number one in the league with 5.7 yards per carry but the Broncos are number 10 in run defense with just 3.6 yards per rush attempt allowed you know whereas you look at the Chiefs and the Raiders they rank in the bottom five you look at the Lions they're in the bottom how the bottom half I do not think that the Ravens are going to be able to run as efficiently against the Broncos as they have in the first three weeks. And, of course, the Ravens are likely to struggle in the passing game, not only because Hollywood Brown is guaranteed to drop multiple touchdowns, but because the Broncos are also number one in the league with 3.9 adjusted yards per attempt allowed. So this is a premium pass defense that the Ravens are going against. And then on offense, the Broncos have an above-average game-managing quarterback in Teddy Bridgewater, who has played career-best football to this point in the year. 76.8% completion rate, 9.5 adjusted yards per attempt, no turnovers. Now, there's going to be some regression for Teddy, but I mean he's, he's playing well. With Bridgewater keeping the offense on track, the Broncos are number one in time, number two in plays, number seven in yards, and number nine in points per drive. Overall, 
They're number 12 with 5.9 yards per play. So with the defense that ranks number two with 4.1 yards per play allowed, I think the Broncos are going to challenge the Ravens offense. And then on offense, I think the Broncos should be good enough to move the ball, not at will against this weekend Ravens defense, but to move it well enough. And then of course, Bridgewater, 38 and 14 against the spread for his career. Just total legend. Again, I would bet this up to two and a half. I I can't decide if this game is going to tell us if the Broncos are for real or if it's going to mean nothing. Like obviously the Broncos three and zero, but their opponents so far at combined zero and nine. But it's so hard to get a read on this Ravens team. I like where you're going with the Broncos minus one. What are you thinking on the total? So the Broncos, uh, one of the teams we talked about on yesterday's show, that is perfect to the under this season. They have the profile of an under team, elite or near elite defense in a non-elite offense. But Lamar Jackson on his own can drive the game to the over with his playmaking ability, especially when he just turns it on in the fourth quarter. So I'm staying away. Uh, If I had to lean in a direction, I would lean to the under, but I'm not betting this. All right, Matt, that is going to do it for the top five most bet on games so far this week. Where can people find all of the awesome content that you're putting out and all of your bets? Okay, you can find all my work at FTN Network. On Friday, I publish my fantasy football breakdown. On Thursday, I publish my best bets piece. Uh, On Tuesday, I publish my fantasy rankings, which I update throughout the week on Thursday, Saturday, Sunday, up to kickoff. And then all week, I'm putting all of my plays besides my totals, my player props in the bet tracker at ftnbets.com. And of course, use the highly original promo code Friedman for 20% off at FTN. All right, that is the show. Please subscribe to the Bets TV channel on YouTube and rate, review, and subscribe to the show on your favorite podcast app. You can find me and Tommy B on Twitter at Matt at the Oracle and TV at work. Thanks for joining us. See you next episode. episode please leave us a review on itunes Is the worst of the riot podcast. Hello, everyone. Look, we're all here. The gang's back together. <laughs> and uh, I feel a bit above all of you. You're standing. It feels like uh, not threatening. That's the really wrong word. But uh, and, and it's not intimidating. Uh, but you're just like, why are you standing? Yeah. <laughs> She's more of a question kind of thing. I've yeah. heard way a way long time ago, and I've carried it with me this whole time, that if you're ever in like a job interview or whatever, you never sit down until the person interviewing you sits down first. Sure. If you're, I guess now who even does in-person job interviews? But if you <laughs> did, stand up in the Zoom. Yeah. You just stand in the Zoom. Yeah, they just hire you because you actually apply. But, yeah, they're thankful uh, to have you no matter what. Yeah, so this is my power tactic. 
to I'm gonna That's s- it. It feels like a power move. That's what it is. Yeah. <laughs> but in, there's no power to be had. Yeah, I'm in charge. You I command up there, the room <laughs> up here. <laughs> it just means your legs will be more tired than ours. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> well, my back and uh, is, uh, is tired of stand, uh, sitting, so I had to stretch it out. <laughs> sitting for this show. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, Isaiah, what can people expect for the podcast today? Uh, one of the segments that I thought was pretty interesting because even myself, who I feel like is a, a pretty in shape person, mm. there's no way I'd be able to fit into the jeans that I wore when I was 21. You're 23. And yeah. I'm only 23. That was just two years ago, but there's literally no chance. Like, none what of my clothes What did you look like me. when you were 21? I was much smaller than I am now. Like, there was, uh, oh. I probably Pandemic was a, weight. I would say it's probably like a 40 pound difference, which is crazy. Wow. But I swear, wow. I swear. And is it muscle weight or? Yeah. It's whatever you want it to be, you know? <laughs> it's a little bit of everything, you know? I don't want to put a label on it. Yeah. <laughs> But if oh you look at pictures, there's no, there's literally no chance. Like none of the clothes that I wore in like my earlier years of college Would fit me you. now. No, wow. not at all. Wow. So this, this study makes me really question the authenticity of it because there's no way that's It's possible. just unattainable. Yeah. It can't, you say, can't do it. Look back at your clothes when you were 21 and if you could fit in it, then you're doing pretty good. And if you can't fit incredible. in it, then you're... Uh, destined for terrible things. It says diabetes, so in other words, I feel that we're not just here in this room, I just mean everybody in the entire country is destined for diabetes. Well, yes. what if you're the same size and like how amazing would that be? Like even if you're bigger and you're still the same size, uh, you're like, great, I haven't gotten any worse. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> the same, baby, the yeah, same. Yeah. Are you saying we're holding steady? Yeah. <laughs> uh, we talked about that and then... Well, we had a little bit of a dark segment with uh, Hudson. I've never heard someone threaten a turtle, and that was one of the first times ever I've ever heard someone threaten a turtle. But the Yankees are on a winning streak right now due to a and new Hudson friend. Hudson can't handle no, it. He can't handle have, it. We have to put an end to it or... You know, the sad thing is, so the Yankees, what do they won, like seven games in a row or something yeah. like that. They are headed, it seems, to the playoffs, and at the expense of the Red Sox, who they just beat several times in a row. And the sad thing is, I was like, we have to kill the the their good luck charm mm-hmm. to stop the Yankees, but that would only do that would only do so much because the Red Sox would actually have to win some games also <laughs> to get into the playoffs, and they don't seem inclined to do that at all. Dude, they need their own turtle. Yeah. yeah. Steal the turtle. <laughs> yeah. They need their some kind of good luck charm. We thought it was Chris Sale. It seems well, the to Red Sox not at this be. point are asking every one of their players to let them know what pet they have because uh, yeah. they got to get someone to yep. do something. Somebody's gonna need to gonna need to step up. <laughs> we talked about that, and then this one. In the moment, I thought that maybe this could be something that I could do, and then afterwards, I realized that I think it would make me feel more sick, even if I wasn't. And that's taking a cold shower in the morning. You think? I think in the morning, like even if I wasn't sick. If I started the day taking a cold shower, I think I would get out and feel sick. But they say it's supposed to, like, you'll hear about this study and why they say, but it's supposed to energize you. Like, you're in and out, too. You're I don't more know. awake at mm. that point. I'd definitely be a quicker shower, no yeah. doubt. <laughs> this so morning I took not- a really long, hot shower, and I got out, and I was like, wow, I just stood in there for, like, 10 minutes and didn't do anything. <laughs> That's your long shower? Yeah. 10 minutes? Ten minutes? Well, listen, listen. I, I We wake up so early that I wake up in, like, the exact amount of time for me to, like, take a shower, get dressed, take my dog out. Like, I, I don't leave any time, like, room for, like, extra milling around time. Sure. Yeah. And so my showers are typically pretty quick, but this morning 
I just stood in Dude, there. You sometimes could... I let the water run without me in the shower for 10 what? minutes. <laughs> like, that's not, you could go way I, longer than that. Yeah, I was going to say, you could wake up early, get out of bed earlier and sleep in the hot shower. That's yeah. a, Oh, I would, if I, I always shower the night before, then shower the morning. So that's what I would do, though, if I okay, woke well, up early. Side note, and tell me if anybody else does this. So I have to, like, sit with conditioner on my hair for a while. Uh-huh. Again, you have longer hair, Hudson. Yeah. Isaiah, you don't. So I don't no. know if you know about this process. <laughs> so what I do now is I bring my phone into the shower. No. So I'll be, like, looking at news or I'll watch. News. She's talking about TikTok. Is TikTok what? news now? Yeah. Is that what it is? Oh, my God. <laughs> And I just sit there in the shower under the water, but not my hair, because then I just let that sit for a bit. I am just happy Aren't you worried about getting be. your phone wet? It's an iPhone. They're waterproof up my, to a certain point in time. You're pressing your luck. No wonder my 10-minute shower isn't long enough. Yeah, Maybe you didn't have to go on TikTok. And having the best time And how yeah. did you even hear the TikToks when the sh- water's running? You can. You just turn it up, what? I guess. Yeah, absolutely. Oh, my well, gosh. I'm not the only one, I'm sure, who does that, but I'm just telling you guys, 10 minutes is not long at all. I can't believe you guys. You see my water bill. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I bet, oh that's what I was thinking, too. Oh, my gosh. I was like, the water bill's got to yeah. be crazy. And your your gas bill for heating all that water. Yeah, but guess what? That's my know. self-care. Oh, yeah. so that's Mark fine. that down for self-care. That's, uh-huh. not, that's not an expense. Yeah. Self-care. If it's self-care, you can't question it. Yeah. <laughs> can't believe you guys. All right. Well, Chris is uh, waiting to sledgehammer some stuff oh, outside of the studio, so we should probably wrap it up. They're uh, tearing some stuff in our other studio over there. So you guys have a wonderful day. Thank you for listening and text and say hi at 877-2-RADIO-U. It is also National Coffee Day, so head over to Radio U Riot on our Facebook page or Radio U Official on our Instagram to tell us more about your coffee uh, uh, of choice. Yes. (laughs) This is the longest podcast intro we've ever done. Oh, it's six minutes. Sorry, guys. uh, Let's let's call it quits. Okay, bye. Catch you next time. Everything you love about the Riot, plus a handy-dandy fast-forward option. This is the Worst of the Riot podcast. This is just some potentially straight-up hurtful talk coming from Professor Roy Taylor from Newcastle University. What's he saying? He's saying that, well, that he is saying that people that can't fit into the jeans that they wore when they were 21 years old... Mm -hmm. Are at risk of developing diabetes. No, no, you just make them fit. Yeah, you you figure it out. <laughs> you so, just to be make fair, it work. For me, I wore jeans that were probably way too big when I was twenty one. Uh, Maybe so. a little younger, but I I might have still been in that phase where sure. my jeans or they they didn't need to be quite so big. So that gives me an advantage. That's true. So I'm I'm uh, not as at risk for diabetes according to that measure. But he was uh, pre- presenting a lot of findings. Uh, to the, uh, let's see, what was the conference? And the Study of Diabetes Annual Conference. Oh, that, oh, that sounds like a fun time. To go to. What do you think they serve for that? You know, like, do they have soda? Rice cakes or something? <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, nothing, <laughs> nothing that you want to have. So uh, Roy Taylor, the professor from Newcastle, Newcastle University, he said, if you can't fit into the jeans you wore at age 21, you're carrying too much fat. That's really what's the hurtful part. That's what they're saying. You're carrying too much fat. <laughs> but doesn't he know that then that causes you to want to stress eat and then you can't even fit in your current jeans? Yeah, that's... And that... who's wearing jeans, even though today... Yeah, actually we are. Most days, <laughs> who wears jeans anymore you with just that leisure? Avoid. Yeah, you avoid the whole problem. You, you just get in into them. stretchy sweatpants or some yoga <laughs> pants. You can really fluctuate yeah. and still... Don't get in your pants with no problems. We don't need to listen to Roy Taylor. Now, the good news is 
He says that eight of 12 people, not, okay, eight in 12 people. Mm -hmm. uh, so 75% of people that do develop type 2 diabetes can basically put their condition into remission oh, if, if they, they lose, lose the, weight. the weight and get back down to about 10 to 15, uh, lose 10 to 15 percent of their body weight, their body mass index can get that down. So that is good news. Uh, so, but what I'm, what I'm thinking about this and tell me if you agree is that it means that if you're under 21, mm -hmm. what you need to do is just go absolutely wild. Get it done now. You just eat so <laughs> much, like more than you actually want to, sure. because then you can eat what you want to after you turn 21 and you're still like, well, I'm still losing weight because I was at such a high point <laughs> yeah. at the age 21. I well, was 600 pounds. And so as long as I stay under that. <laughs> I think that uh, that's genius. Yeah. I don't think he'll like what you're saying. Why not? And he might not agree with that being, you know, the way to start off with bigger pants. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, <you> just, <laughs> so then later down the road, you're like, wow, I've really gotten healthier. That's what you got to do. You got to start at the at your lowest point so that you can only go up. And you can still be unhealthy in smaller pants. <laughs> <laughs> so I don't know about all that. Yeah, I don't know. But it, it, I, I really hate the term carrying too much fat. That's what that's what strikes that's me. That's you the most. Yeah, and I don't even think, I don't think I, I'm not fat, am I? You're not but, fat at all. But I don't want to hear, I also don't want to hear him tell me I'm carrying too much fat. Listen, guys. I don't know if I can fit into my 21-year-old pants or not. You're going into the colder seasons for a lot of the country, so worry about it later. It doesn't matter. You're, yeah, you're, you got to put on some winter weight. Your hoodies and everything will cover it all. Yeah. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> no matter how big your jeans Maybe get. just wear a, a large trench coat <laughs> to cover up a little more. A parka. Yeah, that, it won't, that won't be too form-fitting. So who Nobody will know what, what's under there. Oh, and then you have to get a bigger coat, though. Never mind. <laughs> <laughs> Never oh, mind. It won't button up. It won't button up. <laughs> and neither will the pants. <laughs> this is The Riot. Radio U. You ever see squirrels, Nikki, and you just wonder, what are they doing? Yeah, you wonder. Yeah, I have a bunch in my backyard. Yeah, and they're just always running around frantically, you know. I think they torment my dogs because yeah. then when I open the slider, they run away because they know that my dog's coming out. Uh -huh. <laughs> so until then, they're just like, hey. We, at my house, we have a wooden fence, and they just sit on top of the fence, and they'll run back and forth. And my dog, <laughs> it's too high for my dog to ever reach. It doesn't stop her from just sitting there and chasing and just them around. Watching? Yeah, just wishing she could catch them. But, uh, you know... I always think that always see them, you know, also with people with bird feeders. Mm -hmm. And I, you know, when they're stealing all those nuts from the bird feeders and stuff, they're not even eating them. Do we all realize that? Well, I mean, they don't store everything. They still have to eat something. They got to store a lot based off of this story right here. This is a guy in Fargo, North Dakota. He's got an old Chevy Avalanche pickup truck. Oh, wow. It's been, he had it parked, I guess, in a place where he doesn't live full time. He was going to go up and camp with this uh, Chevy Avalanche. And he goes up there to camp, and he finds out that the squirrel population in the area has been using his truck <laughs> as a as a storage, storage unit, unit <laughs> for all of their uh, for all of their nuts for winter. Dude, that's a lot of them. Like until you see the picture, you can't believe they're not even cracked. So like no. they have they have the thing around them, yeah, uh, and they're all just in the in the engine. And I'm kind of surprised that. Like when you when I see squirrels carrying around nuts, they always seem smaller. These are pretty big. Mm -hmm. These are walnuts, and so he's been cleaning out 
all of the walnuts that have been left in his truck, and we're talking about all inside the... There's buckets of it. What do you call it? The engine? Yeah, the front part. Yeah, inside the hood, where all in the engine... I keep wanting to say cavity, but that's... (laughs) That's not right. I mean, technically, it kind of yeah, works. It sounds a little the weird. The engine cavity, the engine compartment. It really makes it seem not like car people. Yeah. <laughs> well, <laughs> it's medical. Honest. It's medical. It's medical, yeah. Uh, so he's got a 42 gallons, according to him, of walnuts that have been stored there, and they could only have gotten there by squirrels. He says he's seen the squirrels scurrying around, Aww. like putting sometimes putting them in there as he's been going through the process. So. 40, 42 gallons. How long have they been doing this? How long have they been working on this? And how many squirrels? Because that can't just be one squirrel. Well, first off, it can be because they had such a nice storage area. They didn't have to go far. Uh They could just put them all in there. Yeah. Second, like... Please tell me he didn't just get rid of them because that was a lot of work. Yeah, for the little guys. that's what I'm wondering. What are the squirrels going to do now? Well, maybe he just leaves them in the bucket to the side. Maybe, but they're just going to put them back in the car then. Well, then he needs to move his truck. Yeah, it's his fault. He does. Well, <laughs> they just thought he was leaving the truck there for them. I don't know. Again, not car people, but I think he. You know, you or I, if we saw our car filled with 42 gallons of walnuts in the engine cavity, we might just turn the. Uh, Turn the key and see what happens. Oh, I hope they just but pull I out don't, and drive. I don't think that. I think he has to actually clear it out. Sure. Or they, if there's a decent amount of them in certain areas, that could cause some issues. Hey, I would have just sold the truck and hope they didn't look at it. It's like, oh, you don't want to look in the engine. No. Yeah, pop the hood. What? Like, no. where did these come from? <laughs> I didn't know. You start driving it. It smells like. Hmm. Is that walnuts roasting? No, oh, it smells nice. Like it sounds just smells delicious. Mm. And then you hear this knocking noise because they're just all <laughs> rattling against each other. Well, it, for him, they don't tell us again where the walnuts have gone, but way to go for the squirrels in that area. They worked really hard. Yeah, that, they found a good spot, at least that's so they thought. And there, there's no way. I, I can't imagine the squirrels are going to get to all 42 gallons of those walnuts. Well, you, know? you never know, and it could be. Listen, after the year and a half everybody has yeah. had, don't say anything about yeah. food, even maybe, for the squirrels. Maybe they were stocking up for their, uh, they're about to turn 21, so they want to re- <laughs> put on a lot of weight. weight. Yep, that's exactly <laughs> right. If you're looking for hot takes on the day's most important news stories, uh, you're in the wrong place. You're listening to The Riot on Radio U. Uh, did you see, Nikki, that Netflix has put out the their new top 10 list of originals for movies and series based off of a new and arguably more uh, noteworthy metric? Yes. You Everybody did. was kind of surprised. And it all seems to be tied in with uh, the new show Squid Game. Yeah. And everybody keeps saying, well, it will soon eventually become number one. I saw that uh, Squid Game is a Korean show. Does that mean you've watched it? I plan on it it's uh-huh. not it's not gonna be it's a style okay okay it's a style of show and so i'm not gonna say is that everybody's taste because it is it is quite violent oh, in a uh, very uh disturbing way for some people uh-huh. for others who are desensitized <laughs> like you just can't stop watching it. i'm going to uh I, i'm waiting for your review sure and i'm gonna get my wife on this because i'm looking down the list of the top 10 uh, Netflix series by viewing hours. This is by the first four weeks, 28 okay. days. Uh, and I was looking at, and I think I've seen, uh, well, I've seen one show that, to, <laughs> and they do this by season. So 
Stranger Things is the only thing I've seen on there. Seasons two and three clocked in at uh, two was number eight on the list. And, th- and three is number three. Mm-hmm. Other than that, I haven't seen anything in the top ten for series. But I believe my wife has seen all of them except for The Witcher. Oh, that so, one, yeah. So she is my Netflix go-to. She'll know. <laughs> She'll know if, if she hasn't watched Squid Game yet, which I don't think she has. She will in the next few days, and so I'll get a review from her. They had Ginny and Georgia, Money High, Stranger Things two, uh, You, Thirteen Reasons Why, season one, season two is number five. The Witcher was number four. Mm-hmm. Uh, that first season, Stranger Things, season three was three. Money Heist, uh, part four was two. In Bridgerton, season one. Was one was six hundred and twenty five million hours. Yeah, what, when did that come out? Christmas time, I think December. Last year? Yeah. yeah. So to have that much by like that's why. Yeah. The creator of that has a nice big deal with Netflix <laughs> now to create anything that she wants. That was a that was a big <laughs> one for them. So there there'll be uh, there'll be more to come on that. I don't even know what Money Heist is to be quite. Honest I think with. that is a one from Spain. I think. think I might be wrong. Maybe maybe not. I don't know. So I said my wife has watched all of these except The Witcher. Maybe she hasn't seen Money Heist because I don't know what it is. But I thought <laughs> she did. Uh, then for movies, let let's go down this yes, list. You got it, yes. I think I I was correct. This is interesting. <laughs> Bird Box. Remember that one that mm-hmm. was with Sandra Bullock the. Like horror kind of movie yes. where you couldn't open your eyes. Uh, that is number one. 282 million hours in the first four weeks. Extraction with Chris Hemsworth. Yeah. Number two. That was pretty good. The Irishman was number three. 200. 200- they say that's unfair because it's so long. I was going to say 215 million hours. That's like five people watching it all the way through. That's so. it. That's all they needed. And I was one of them. <laughs> and I watched it twice. Uh, the Kissing Booth 2, six, which, what is that? Six Underground, Spencer Confidential, Enola Holmes, Army of the Dead, The Old Guard, and Murder Mystery. That was the Adam Sandler. Adam Sandler one. And they're I've making seen that one. another one. Those are, so I got I, on both of these lists, I'm two for 10. <laughs> You did pretty good. I'm getting the <laughs> my brother's money worth out of this subscription. Thanks to him for taking care of your Netflix subscription. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, between the three, between all of us here at Radio U, <laughs> we might have one of us are paying for uh, for Netflix. <laughs> and we've watched a couple. Yeah, of them. we're we're, get, we're working our way slowly and surely through this top ten list, and before we know it, it will be out of date, anyways. <laughs> this is the worst of the riot podcast. This song is much too jovial for what we're about to talk about. <laughs> what? Oh, no. What are we going to talk about then? Uh, Good morning, gonna... Isaiah, by Good the way. Good morning. Yes, hello, Isaiah. <laughs> you pointed this out to me that the New York Yankees, they've been on a bit of a, a winning streak lately. Yeah, they've been pretty hot as, as of late. As we head into the playoffs, the uh, baseball season ends on Sunday. And then they'll head into the playoffs. The Yankees look as if they're going to make it because they've won several games in a row. And apparently the secret to their success is not spending exorbitant amounts of money that other teams aren't able to. It is a pet turtle. A pet turtle? Yeah. They is call them Bronxy. Is he, is he playing? or <laughs> <laughs> like, What is he doing? He's just crawling around the locker room. Hey. I mean, he's, he's just a morale booster. That's exactly what he is. Oh, is he kind of like the uh, the lucky thing for the season? Yeah. He's the team pet. They, yeah. uh, it was. It looks like their relief pitcher, or no, starting pitcher, uh, his name is Nestor Cortez. He's from Cuba, and he led a group of players that thought, instead of getting a pandemic puppy, 
we're going to get a team turtle. <laughs> and so they've got Bronxy the turtle that they keep in the turtle tank. Uh, Bronxy, of course, because the Yankees are the Bronx Bombers and because apparently the turtle is from the Bronx. So they've got him uh, hanging around there in the Yankees clubhouse. And since they got Bronxy, they've been winning a bunch of games. They even take him on the road. Yeah. They take him everywhere. He has people. Since they adopted him, they swept the Rangers. They swept the Red Sox. And then they also just moved into the first uh, wild card spot. So they've won like eight consecutive games yep. since they've gotten Bronxy. Because of the turtle. Oh, and, yeah. Uh, I, so I watched. They're going up. Uh, well, you said they swept the Red Sox. That was this weekend. Yeah. Being in uh, in New England, uh, some of the people I was with, it was a split of some were Red Sox fans and some were Yankees fans. So mm-hmm. we actually wound up, and I'm a Red Sox fan. So we wound up watching. Of course you are, because you can't like anything with a turtle. No. What? <laughs> I used to he have, can't enjoy the turtle. I used to have two turtles. <laughs> but well, then I, maybe you should be a Yankees fan. Uh, no, I'm not. In fact, actually, uh, I was going to say we're going to have to. Now he hates We're turtles. going to have to. I wanted to ask you to help me. We're taking out a hit on the turtle. No! Oh, we're not stealing yes. a turtle. Well, we're not stealing it. We're killing it. What? <laughs> My fear actually is what if things go downhill? And like what happens? Remember when your class had like a class pet when you were real young? Yeah. yeah. And then you're just like, where'd the pet go? So oh, like, yeah. Who gets the turtle when the season's over? Yeah. Or well, like had they gotten the turtle and then lost 10 straight games? Yeah. Then what do you do with the turtle? Right. I only know turtle soup, and that's not good. (laughs) So, like, I can't think of anything else. They feed it to the team. (laughs) I haven't tried it, wouldn't like it. (laughs) Isaiah, I'm right on that with you. What if if the Yankees make the playoffs, which seems like they will? And uh, the players, they just get too distracted. Nobody's there to take care of the turtle anymore. And he dies during the offseason. Yeah. Oh, no. During then, the playoff push. And then they never win again because yeah. he haunts the whole stadium. The curse of Bronxy <laughs> the, the turtle. The curse of Bronxy. <laughs> oh, that sounds wonderful, actually. Well, now, okay, now sometimes we do this on the show. We go two steps too far. Like, you know, it's just a turtle, and I'm sure they'll take care of him. We yeah. think the worst. It's not the turtle's fault that the Yankees suck. So we're going to have... But, Didn't they just sweep the Red Sox? Yes, that's, that's, what I'm, that's why I'm upset about it. That's why thing. I want the turtle... Dead. Yes. Yes. I always hear about, like, they won't change, like, socks or, like, cut hair and stuff. So uh, my greater fear was that they're not changing, like, the turtle's tank, like, the water We're anything. not cleaning the turtle. They're not cleaning the turtle. They just leave him as he is because they want to win so bad. But they do say that the Yankees, the turtle for the Yankees, mm-hmm. uh, he does have a whole staff. So he is taken care of. I wonder, you know, this would be a classic movie trope where it'd be two colleges and the one college sneaks in in the middle of the night oh, to steal? and they steal, steal the, the turtle, turtle. <laughs> and the other team can't have the turtle back until, but then they steal the other team. So the Red Sox are going to have to sneak in, steal the turtle, <laughs> and uh, that'll be their good luck charm to get them back into the playoffs. Well, they fall uh, in love with him, though, and they don't yeah. want to give him back, so they want to keep him forever. It actually turns out the thing that that uh, ties the Red Sox and Yankees together, realizes that they aren't so different, actually. Yeah, they all love the turtle. Is that uh, every, <laughs> they, they just want what's best for the turtle at the end of the day. Why is and it? so they both bow out of the playoffs so they can uh, take care of it. <laughs> don't uh, fall in line with Hudson and don't kill the turtle. I would never kill the turtle. I hope Bronxy and the turtles, I hope they go all the way, baby. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> Bronxy and the turtles. You, you hate baseball. If you missed out on the next riot moment when it originally aired, you
you don't know how lucky you are. You're listening to the Worst of the Riot Podcast. The new James Bond movie actually releases uh, there. Yeah, and so is it here next week? Uh, I think, it, yeah, next Friday or something, yeah. like uh, October <laughs> I almost 8th? just Googled Anne Berlin. That's not it. <laughs> It's James Bond. <laughs> they, so I mean, I'm sure you've seen uh, that they had the big premiere in London, mm. and so there's all kinds of news surrounding that. Now and this says, oh, that was uh, the older one. October 8th will be no time to die. Yeah, so that's that's next weekend in the U.S. and uh, in the U.K. It's out this weekend. They've had the premiere, so the early reviews are out. What do they say? And they are, well, let's see. Let's read a few here. Uh, Who's voting for which one for No Time to Die? This is <laughs> these are just the Twitter reviews from people who got to see it early. Uh, Chris Evangelista, No Time to Die. The Craig era ends with a whimper. There's no reason for this to be as long as it is. Rami Malek's bad guy is a total snooze, and the movie itself just feels oddly inert. Oh, well. We'll always have Casino Royale. Well, that was quite a nice review, wasn't yeah, it? Yeah, hey. right. Uh, <laughs> let's see. But then we have Josh Horowitz, who says, No Time to Die is very good. I'm more relieved than anything else. I was worried going in. It's somehow the silliest and most serious Daniel Craig outing, mostly the former. Yeah. So that's a little, uh, that's more positive, although, you know, not exactly the best. Uh, let's see. We have one from Ben Meckler. Well, this Bond fan loved No Time to Die. Daniel Craig ends his 007 run with his strongest performance yet, matched well by Rami Malek's mysterious, lasagna-loving, Monday-hating villain. Weird. To say more would give away the film's best twist. See, I think it's all, like if you like Bond, then you'd like it more than the average person yeah. who's just going in and maybe not a fan of the whole franchise. That last review. The lasagna thing? Yeah, it's not real. Now you're, oh, you made it up! <laughs> Oh, it's a real. Somebody actually posted it. It's <laughs> it got added to some say some lying. news stories uh, <laughs> that you know that aggregate the the Twitter reviews, the early reviews. But he did not see it. So they're and saying, and I don't think the villain loves lasagna. That's Garfield. That well, you never of. know. You never know. <laughs> so they're saying for James Bond that it looks like they're not trying yet, but next year they'll start working on who will replace James Bond. It, this movie coming out with its pushes and stuff has just been kind of a mess yeah there's no uh other news about that or also because amazon with them purchasing a lot of the rights wasn't it for Mm -hmm. all the bond stuff yeah so like will it ever come out there because they have that pending mgm acquisition that they're talking about Uh um they're just not talking more about it yeah it's a lot uh a lot up in the air, and I, they probably want to see, obviously they're going to continue making James Bond movies, but mm-hmm. still, to kind of assess what they're doing going forward, they want to see how this one actually does. Um, but that being said, as they start the the search next year, I think LeVar Burton is already campaigning <laughs> to be... Well, they did say that he gave up on Jeopardy. He yeah. was done with it, and he wouldn't even go back if yeah. they asked. You so. can't not hire me. I quit not being hired. If they treat the James Bond thing like they treated finding the new Jeopardy host, <laughs> yeah. I don't want to be a part of any of that. That was such a mess. Well, I think much like with Jeopardy, the new James Bond will probably be a uh, gross white guy. that. No- <laughs> I think Chances the odds are, are good. Odds are good. <laughs> that and someone who loves lasagna. Yes, that's right. <laughs> Who's uh, a villain? That would be an improvement. Yeah! <laughs> you were one of the lucky few who missed the riot when they were live. Yet here you are. I also like to live dangerously. This is the worst of the riot podcast. Isaiah, thanks for 
filling in the last couple of days. Well, you know, somebody had to work, I guess. It just happened to be me. <laughs> well, it is nice to get to know more about Isaiah, even though every time we get to know more about Isaiah, we're yelling at him. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I know. Really you guys ask me what I like and what I don't like, and then when I say it, you're like, well, you're wrong. <laughs> Isaiah doesn't like green beans. No. But he likes tombstone pizza. Well, I guess this is another thing to ask, like, if he likes them or not. <laughs> Do you like uh, cold showers, Isaiah? See, I'd, I've never, like, taken a cold shower for no reason. Like, I've taken a cold shower, shower when there hasn't been hot water. Yeah. But after reading this... I'm intrigued Are as ya? if I might want to start doing it because it looks like it actually is helpful. It what is you, supposed to be healthy for you. This is uh, a study out of the Netherlands that found people who took a cold shower were less likely than those who took a warm shower to take off time from work due to sickness. Oh, because your your body's more used to it? So I they they What they say is they don't really know why it would be a connection. They say there's some... Some thought that some evidence that it might boost your immune system in some way or another. But what they did was they took 3,000 people, split them into four groups, and had each of the four groups take, uh, like, one would just take a straight warm shower. Mm. And the other three did different lengths of time where they would make their shower cold. And the ones that uh, had the cold showers were less likely to call in sick to work, which... uh, you know, as a hard worker with somebody with a lot of work ethic, that appeals to me, and I'd never take sick days anyways. But as somebody who also wishes that I got to take time off work more often, <laughs> I'm like, being like, like maybe I'll just keep with the warm me. ones. Yeah, it's like if if it if I get to enjoy my showers more, and maybe sometime I'll get to take sick days off of work eventually. <laughs> oh my gosh! Hey, I'm going to stick with the warm shower. You only have a few, okay? And second, <laughs> you don't need to tell me next time. You're like, I started taking warm showers, so I'm sick today. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm going to be out today. It was that warm shower I took yesterday, well, I think. I don't know if it's the Netherlands, but I mean, we've heard uh, tales of, you know, places like the Netherlands mm-hmm. where uh, it's hardier to be like in the cold and they'll, they'll be like, oh yeah, it's snowing. Okay, well, why don't you sit out for a little bit? Like you just you experience the cold yeah. and you're okay with it more. Where we don't handle it as much. Yeah, you know, uh, with Radio U, when I used to take my lunch, I would go sit outside every single day, uh, even if it was freezing cold, because I thought it's got to be good. You know, I got to get used to it. Yeah, it's good for you. Yeah. What? What? You used to sit outside every single day because it was cold. I, well, no, even if it was cold. No, even I, if it was cold. I liked on a general day when the temperature was between 85 and 50 degrees, it felt good to sit outside. Oh, but yeah. then when the winter came, it's like, I'm still going to sit outside because maybe it'll you know it, it toughen me up. Toughen you up. Yeah, okay. it'll get me used to the cold is what That's I thought. That's when the other buildings around us were like, who's that guy who always eats lunch outside? Yeah. And yeah. He's got, in the cold. Got long hair, long beard. I, dre- I, you know, it looks like I'm just a vagrant yeah. wandering around. He's back with hot dogs. Yeah, with hot dogs. <laughs> He's got. What? I need to change my morning routine because in the morning I take a warm shower. I get in the car, and since I wake up so early, it's kind of cold outside. Yeah. I get in the car, I turn the heat on, yeah. and then I walk into here, which is like an ice box, yeah. and it makes it feel even colder. So I need to start doing a cold shower. Blasting the AC on yeah. the way here, and then when I get here, it'll feel Dude, like it's warm. Never that's, be sick I'll again. never that's, be sick again, and I won't feel cold at work every day. All of the back and forth with like the hot shower, then the cold when you go outside, the heat in your car, and then the AC here in the Radio U studios, that's got to be 
bad for your system. Oh, just yeah. going back and forth. No so wonder quickly. I feel so terrible here every single day. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's also because you're at work. I oh, mean, yeah. It just yeah. Happens, I guess but... there is like, a multitude of things. But... <laughs> I do both. Like, I'll take a warm shower, but uh, when you, you know, bleach your hair and stuff, uh-huh. uh, you're supposed to wash it in cold water. So okay. when I wash my hair, that's cold. Oh. Everything else is warm. Oh, so but that's I your maybe secret, just huh? Switch. That's it. That's... To, to the long lasting blonde hair. Oh, <laughs> I, we're going to have to work on that then. Thanks for sharing. You should post that as a TikTok hack. You're welcome. Or is that where you learned it? Uh, no, it's if you color your hair, uh-huh. uh, it's usually just known. Like a well known <laughs> fact. Well, does it work if you just like your hair the way it is and you want to keep it nice and shiny and sh- give it a nice sheen? I don't know if it's just like good for the health of your hair, but this just helps like so you don't lose your color as much. Oh, okay. So you don't so turn brass. If you want to maintain that color, Hudson, yeah. you, you need to start doing cold. I do. I've got a I've got a nice one going on here. So. <laughs> and maybe I'll bleach it one day. Who knows? Hey. Now we're talking. Let's... A new look for the. Yes. Maybe do it in January for a new year. Ooh. Ooh. The riot promise is that they'll always have an opinion on everything they talk about, but that doesn't mean any of their opinions will make sense. This is the riot on Radio U. You want some street meat? Street meat? Yeah. Um, is that like I found some meat on the street? <laughs> Do I eat it or not? Uh, <laughs> How desperate are we? I think that that Does the answer off? is not. You do not eat that. <laughs> uh, I don't know. Street street meat to me sounds very suspect. Yes, it does. It's very sus, as some people would say. <laughs> uh, yeah, but it what it actually is is. Oscar Meyer's new streetwear fashion line. Oh, well, that also sounds sus what? then. What? <laughs> you don't like teasing. Oscar Meyer? You don't like Oscar Meyer? Uh, it's not usually the hot dog of choice. Really? And I find the Wienermobile and that whole thing to be like a lot yeah. to take in. Uh-huh. <laughs> but they do. I mean, they're very a, proud of their wieners. They are. And they there's always, if you did not know, like for your favorite companies uh-huh. or favorite or maybe not favorite uh-huh. they all have some sort of merch line so everybody has clothes now for their company isaiah and i were talking yesterday did you see a and w's new merch line Ooh, what do they have uh well they have like jackets and they they teamed with a bunch of what i assume are like higher fashion type brands they had a pair of shoes that was like 750 dollars for a and w uh-huh the, the root, root beer the root beer slash the restaurant because well, they were calling it cheddar weather Okay. Because they because they have like cheese at the restaurants. I I we all of ours closed down. (laughs) (laughs) So I don't know how I'd be a little afraid. Yeah. Uh, (laughs) Anyways, Oscar Meyer, the streetwear fashion line. We don't have prices on this, but what we do know is that the Oscar Meyer fashion line. You're going to be able to go pick it up. Uh, at various locations starting today. today. Yeah, it's a 13-piece capsule collection. That's a fashion term. Okay. Uh, they say some of this is inspired by the drivers of the Oscar Mayer Wienermobile. They call them hot doggers. Uh-huh. And it's inspired. <laughs> hot dogger, I hardly know her. <laughs> It's inspired by some of that fashion and things like for their uniforms that they wear. Uh So a little bit more casual, but the capsule has 13 items. And today, I think it's in L.A., you can try to buy them at different... They're selling them out of hot dog carts Uh in Los Angeles today. I think the 30th is Atlanta, and New York City is on October 1st. So again... Find out if you're in those areas. Yep. They'll be out of hot dog carts in different parts. And then it also says that they'll be doing uh, Wienermobile pop-up shops 
nationwide through the month of October. So you may have a chance if you're willing to probably drive a little bit mm-hmm. to meet up with the Wienermobile. You might have a chance to get this. And I got to tell you, I what know what do you it, do for fashion? It looks very. I've, I'm interested to know the price. It looks very uh, like 80s to me between mm-hmm. the color scheme and just the style of it. But I actually like a lot of it. It's just tracksuit stuff. So yeah. there's track bottoms. There's uh, sweatshirts, slides, bucket hat. Uh, I think that's socks. There's like a fanny pack. So yeah. pretty basic items. Yeah, I would I would wear, you know, it's hard to say. I think it looks good. I don't know how much of it I would actually wear Dude, if you're the one given who eats the option. Dogs every day, yeah. You should be wearing they one of these. They should just give me this, especially because <laughs> I believe as far as the national hot dog brands go, you don't get anything better than the Oscar Mayer all-natural Angus beef. That's the top one. That is the best. Uh, you should at least get a free bucket hat for that. Yeah, we're going to have to tag them in today's podcast. <laughs> to send it to them and see what they'll give me. Yep. <laughs> he really does eat a lot of hot dogs. I do, I do. Oscar Mayer's my go-to. Welcome to The Riot, where you listen to us and uh, that's it. It's pretty much a one-way street. The Riot. Radio U. It is that time of year. You know, the scary time. (laughs) You mean the fall? Uh, Well, (laughs) what comes with fall? You mean like Halloween stuff? Yeah. (laughs) Actually, I did see this is coming out of the place called the Seven Floors of Hell. Yeah. And I thought, I I don't even know what it is, so I'm not sure like how the haunted house is like. Yeah. But I thought they didn't even need to try hard to just say, go up seven floors. (laughs) (laughs) See how unhealthy everybody is. Yeah, you have to use the stairs. (laughs) Oh! Like, you wouldn't have to put anything haunted in it. No. That is scary enough. That is that is hell right there. Is there, there. an elevator down? or <laughs> <laughs> A haunted elevator. Oh, I'll ah. still take it. It's fine. And the elevator gets stuck, and you have to use the bathroom <laughs> in it. You have to pick which corner. I think for haunted houses, like they, the designers of that have to realize that sometimes life is just scary enough already. Yeah. They don't have to do much to enhance that. Well, the, in this story, Nikki, uh, in this case, at the Seven Floors of Hell, I've, I've often said this. I guess I can't prove it because I don't know if I've ever said it to you, but I've said this to other people I know. I don't like haunted houses because... If anybody wanted to be an axe wield, um, weapon wielding maniac, mm-hmm. they could get away with it in a haunted house. Oh, they could hide because in there, they yeah. would just fit right in. Uh, all you do, you put on the, the uh, mask or whatever, and you just get your chainsaw, you get your axe, you get your knife, whatever you get, and uh, and then you can go crazy with the stabbings and the killings and whatever. And and it would be too late. Everybody like it's a part of the show, and then they'd be dead. You're thinking so, that one through. <laughs> What? That's the what perfect you... plan. Yes. That's why I don't want to do it. That's why I don't want to go to them. So it looks like this one was near maybe Cleveland area. Yeah. And something happened and it made it worse. So what happened is uh, a 22-year-old actor, one of the people that was a part of... It I think wasn't that's just, a strong word. It wasn't just some random person that wandered in, like some ac- uh, knife-wielding maniac. It was somebody who was actually hired to be a part of the show, mm. haunted, uh, hired to be a part of the haunted house uh they swapped out their prop buoy knife for a real one or bowie knife for a real one mm-hmm. i say buoy because that's the town in maryland spelled the same they I, pronounce you know, it weird. when you said it i was like i always thought it was bowie but yeah, i don't know no it is bowie <laughs> except if you know about bowie maryland uh buoy maryland because <laughs> it's called that uh so anyways your, his prop bowie knife he swapped it out for a real one. That he brought from home. Yeah, and then, so then, an 11-year-old boy was apparently antagonizing 
this uh, this person in the haunted house, which is what you do because they all. It's like, well, they can't touch you, so you can make fun of them all you want. They can't do anything. Is what some people will say that are really into haunted houses. And so the eleven year old boy was antagonizing the actor, and the actor began to. He wasn't like intentionally trying to stab the kid with a real knife. Although you do wonder why he had a real one in there. Well, I think it just seemed like he got bored and he just brought the one from home. But then he just started to stab the ground. He might have forgot that he had the real one there. And so he sliced the shoe and a part of the big toe for the 11-year-old boy. Yeah, so fortunately, uh, it's not like it was a killing or anything like that. I saw the picture. It's I'm sure traumatic. Uh-huh. I'm sure it is. Yep. But when you see the picture of it, you think it's going to be way worse than it is. Mm-hmm. But they say it's not. Yeah. Not, so it wasn't too bad. That is, it's good news, but it's a reminder to stay away from haunted houses, lest ye possibly actually wind up one of the people who meets an unfortunate end mm-hmm. because you think it's all part of the show. And don't bring your knife to work no matter where you're at unless you work where knives are. It's a, <laughs> it's a good point. Unless it's actually... And, and being in the haunted house does not count as being in a place where knives are. <laughs> and I don't want to go up seven floors. Yeah. So. <laughs> the, e, e, or down. Or either down. way. Either way. So... Uh, yeah, I'm not. I'm not cut out for the haunted house life. Definitely not. That's a no for both the, of us. The uh, the Disney haunted house haunted mansion is as far as I'll go. <laughs> That's as scary as it gets for me. The Riot Podcast Radio View. Uh, Nikki, what would you say makes something uh, a gaming something? Um. Well, like or like a gaming chair. Yeah. What usually, makes it a gaming chair? A gaming gaming drinks. Well, it has a a look to it usually. Yeah. Normally, like racing stripes. Like it's like streamlined, black and red. Yeah. Oh like that. yeah. Of course, it's dark colored always. <laughs> Throw it it a has blue. like a an illumination, like a backlight. They always have backlights, That's right? right? But I feel like when it comes to gaming. Uh, like furniture, normally uh-huh. it's about the support. Okay. So like if you're sitting in the chair, this might have this sort of back support or shoulder support yeah. so that if you game a lot, uh, we all have, because we all, even if you're phone gaming, you're still a gamer. <laughs> yes, that still <laughs> and, counts. And so there's certain parts of your body uh, that hurt more, and that's usually from uh, like working on the computer and gaming. Yeah, so uh, what, what would make a gaming mattress a gaming mattress? mattress uh, it'd be extra small because you're sleeping alone ah! <laughs> no, just kidding Actually, just this kidding one, this one looks weird it is more like i think mattress is a very generous word yeah it looks like a futon doesn't it it's almost like it's a japanese style sort of mat which yeah. some people do sleep on uh-huh. but i don't think we would consider this a mattress like we have here and i was kidding but it does look like it doesn't look like one. something you would have yeah it's it's totally for i guess you could push two to Together, but it looks like more of a you know I don't want to say sad but uh, uh, or lonely or anything like that but just a single apartment you know like you're living alone uh, you don't need to impress anybody. <laughs> I don't unless they're also a gamer. It feels like there's room for you and maybe one or two remotes and that's yeah. about it. Like controllers. Yeah, and it doesn't look all that comfy either, but uh it is uh it's in Japan. Uh it's called is, is it called Ban Hut? Is that what or Ba Hut? I think that's the company. That's the they, company. Yeah, they've sell oh, yeah, that's they've right. done loungewear for gamers, gaming desks, chairs, and beds. So now they're adding a gaming mattress. Bao Ba however you pronounce it, and they teamed up with 
a mattress company called Nishikawa. Mattress Warehouse. Yes. It's not. <laughs> Maybe. It's not. I don't, I don't know. Have you is. ever been in one of those? I, I have no idea what's inside I don't a mattress know. I just, I've heard warehouse, mattress firm. <laughs> I just know they're there. But uh, that so now this is out there and it is available. The gaming mattress, a mattress designed with the gamer in mind. It shows that there's different levels of support on the mat, like for your head, shoulder, back, waist, and leg. Uh, they say that price wise, it's about it ranges from two hundred and fifty six dollars mm-hmm. for for what this looks like. That does seem expensive <laughs> to three hundred and ninety one dollars. There's a single, a semi double and a double. And then they can be rolled up for storage. Hey. So they really it's almost like feel- a mattress topper to us here. Yeah. And then you'd roll that up and put it away. That's pretty much what it looks like. And and. Have you seen the, uh, you see the promotional picture? If you scroll down a little bit, it shows a person curled up in the bed with their gaming setup. So it's like they're supposedly sleeping, or no, they're on their phone. And then they've also got like multiple screens surrounding their bed. It looks like a medical bed. Yeah. It looks totally like if you rent one, like if you have someone who's not not doing well at home. Yeah, right. It looks like one of those, and then someone just put up some monitors. If you want to replicate being in hospice care, you can just get this (laughs) gaming mattress. It looks the same. Yep. You've made it all the way to the end of the worst of the riot. This show only exists because of support from listeners like you. Find out more and help out at RadioU.com slash donate. Please be advised that this podcast is meant for educational and informational purposes only and is in no way a replacement for legal or medical advice. The opinions contained within are solely those of the interviewers and interviewees and should be received as so. Those seeking help or advice are encouraged to obtain professional legal and medical services.